Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. Coming up on a very busy Tuesday, we're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. This is with Taya. Taya asked a very strong foundational question that, that pertained to what is basically the lower extremity representations during early, middle, and late propulsion. Um, seems like a very basic question. The importance of this question, though, it, it comes down to when we intervene. So if we have somebody that has a specific representation and we're trying to make a favorable change in relative motions, it behooves us to, number one, understand where they are in the propulsive phase, and number two, what is the representation of the intervention. So for instance, if I had somebody that was presenting with a late propulsive uh, strategy, say on the, on the right side in the right lower extremity, and I perform an activity that reinforces the late representation, that's all fine and good if that's my intention. If my intention is to, is to alter the relative motions, then I need to understand how I need to reorganize this lower extremity to create an early representation so I can make that favorable change. So again, very, very powerful question. Um, thank you, Taya, for asking this question. Everybody have an outstanding Tuesday, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Hi, Taya. Hi, sir. Uh, yesterday, I was thinking a little bit about stuff and um, I realized maybe I don't have everything sorted out right in my head. So I you just- You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I think me more than you, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. You, you might be way ahead. I don't know. It, it's a pretty basic question, I think. I just wanted to go over how the femur and tibia orient during early, middle, and late? Uh -huh. And how does the calcaneus orient and the midfoot? Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let, let's pick a spot first. Can we let's go that? early. Okay. So we're, so we're in early. Okay. What area do, are we looking at? Proximal femur. Proximal femur. Okay. So I'm stepping forward, all right? Which side of the pelvis is ahead? So I'm, if I'm stepping forward with my right foot, let's, let's just make it very clear. Okay. I'm stepping forward with my right foot, okay? Which side of my pelvis is, is farther ahead? Right. Okay, that's kind of obvious, right? Okay, mm -hmm. now, um, what direction is my sacrum facing? Left. Awesome. So if my leg is going straight forward relative to the, relative to the sacrum, would that hip have to be in an ER or an IR representation? ER. Perfect. There you go. Problem solved. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got that. Where are we going next? Distal femur. It's the same. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, yes, but relative to the proximal femur, all right, if my foot hits the ground, what happens? It orients into higher more than the proximal part. I love that, I love that, mm -hmm. okay? So gravity works, right? So I land and there's this force that's coming up into the leg, right? I'm, I'm in this ER representation proximally, but I'm starting to put force into the ground, which means I have to have a turn inward, right? Mm -hmm. 
the connective tissues are starting to absorb energy. And so that's like compressing a spring, isn't it? And so if you look at the, the twisty stuff in the femur, I got this perfect little spring mechanism going on, don't I? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so that distal femur is going to start to absorb the internal rotation before the proximal femur does, doesn't it? You see how, see how it's yeah. coming up? Mm -hmm. You see it? Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Okay, where are we going next? Uh, proximal tibia. Okay, so um, if I'm stepping forward and I, and I just land on the foot and, it, and I don't have a lot of weight on it yet, Okay. Um, would I be in more of an ER representation or an IR representation at the foot? Yeah. Awesome. So where would the talus be? Would it be pushing down and in into the ground um, or would it still be sort of uh, up and away from the ground in an ER representation in that early start? In that early ER. Okay. Awesome. Which way would the tibia turn uh, distally relative to that talus? Would it go with the talus? Yeah. Awesome. So if the distal if the distal tibia was slightly ER, would the would the proximal tibia move into ER? Yeah. Awesome. So now you know where you are relative, right? So so you can mm -hmm. see it coming up again. So I'm landing in the more ER representation. I'm about to go into a lot more IR, but but okay. So everything is turning to ER, so the IR goes from the ground up. Yes, the IR is coming from the ground up, graduate, but it, yeah. So the, 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 the earlier you are, the more ER representation you have and the less IR that's superimposed, but the IR is starting to come up. Yeah, so here's, here's the kicker, <clears throat> okay. Think about the springy thing that we just talked about, okay? What do you want, Wonder Mutt? My dog is yelling at me, hang on a second. Um, let me recapture my thought process. So the IR is going to start to come up, all right? But it's coming up from the ground first. I capture my medial contacts on my foot, still in an ER representation, but the IR is now allowed to come up. The, the distal tibia is going, to, is going to be biased into an ER, but it's going to start to IR, and it's going to do that before the proximal tibia. Can you picture that? Yeah, because okay. of the foot. Yeah, so there's going to be a there's going to be a differential between the the uh, distal uh, tibia and the proximal tibia. So there's going to be more ER represented in the proximal tibia. You can understand mm -hmm. that, okay? Mm -hmm. And that is a yield. That's actually a yield in the tibia. So part of that is the yielding action that we talk about early, where we're starting to absorb that 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 force. Okay, mm -hmm. that's also going to contribute to the relationship between the distal femur and the uh, proximal tibia is that the tibia is going to be biased towards ER relative to the distal tibia, and it's probably going to be an ER slightly relative to the distal femur. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then as you move towards middle, now the IR is going to start to be much more represented in all cases. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So everything so starts to turn into IR from the ground up. Right, but but understand that you have relative positions. I, yeah. That are mm -hmm. so I have to have these twists and compressions that are like literally like a spring, all right, that are going to start to absorb that force because so if this is the foot and this is the proximal hip, like the, the big picture is I'm gonna have these twists that are gonna compress 
I'm going to come up over top of it and then it's going to untwist in the other direction as I go over the foot. Does that make sense? Yeah, so late is going to be the same almost presentation than early because it, it untwists. Okay, it, looks, it looks the same, but the difference is the connective tissue behavior is going to be different because mm -hmm. it's releasing the energy, right? So again, I get this really long leg that compresses into a short leg through middle, max P, and then I get a really long leg again. So the ER is this expanded representation. The IR is the compressed representation. So it goes ER, compression, IR, ER expansion again. Okay. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. Today is Wednesday. That means tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Coffee and Coaches Conference call. As usual, I think we're on a call 110 um, for those of you keeping score at home. So uh, please join us. Great people. Great Q&A. Get yourself a cup of coffee. Great way to start your day. Um, get a little education while you sit back and relax and sip on your coffee, which uh, brings us to a little bit of a housekeeping item. I'm going to sound a little bit like a commercial, so you can fast forward through this part if you want to. However, I don't recommend that. Um, so our makers of Neuro Coffee are rebranding. Um, it's going to now be under Substance Nutrition because we have a new official, unofficial sponsor um, in the midst, and that is the synthesis um, from Substance Nutrition. Best protein um, on the market. My, my man, uh, Dr. Mike Roussel, is the formulator of this, as he was with Neural Coffee. Things are going to get big and uh, amazing. There's more stuff coming down the pike I'm pretty excited about. But anyway, just wanted to give Mike a shout out on that. Um, this stuff is is awesome. I suggest you buy some. Um, if you go to getneurocoffee.com, um, you'll see that they're making the transition to substance, and you can get your uh, your protein there along with your neural coffee. Okay. That aside, let's go into today's Q and A. Um, this is a cool one. This is a twofer. So um, I had two questions that that came up on the the last coffee and coaches conference call in regards to walking. And so Taya Taya's question yesterday was when regards to lower extremity going through the phases of propulsion. Alex's question was a, a similar uh, question in that he wanted to go through the, the uh, behavior of the, of the pelvic outlet as we're walking. So we broke that down. He did an awesome job. In fact, he did such an awesome job. I think I said awesome about 25 times as he's going through it. Then Christian asked a question. He has a, a, a patient that, that has had a stroke and has a, a disturbed gait because of that but we broke this down because what I want you to understand is the phases of propulsion hold on principle um, if you are walking so even if you have deficits in pressure management access to relative motions you will still demonstrate each phase of propulsion so these are principle based um, behaviors and so we, we, we break that down. So even if you don't work with stroke patients, the thing that you want to you want to take away from this is and, and listen as we go through this is that everything that we would talk about, whether we're talking about the delay representation, where we have the yielding action and the connective tissues, that has to take place. We have to have the downward force production, the internal rotation. And so it always shows up even when we have deficits. So thank you, Alex. Thank you, Christian, for your questions. Everybody have an outstanding Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Coffee and Coaches Conference call. Have a great day. Uh, Alex, if there's time. Okay, I have a quick one. 
I was hoping you could go through um, early, middle, and late for the anterior outlet of the pelvis. Sure. With with a visual. <laughs> with a visual. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, which which side do you want to do? Left. Okay, left side, um, and we're going to do anterior outlet. Yes, please. Okay. Um, in what direction, as I'm stepping forward, in what direction does the, the leg need to go? Forward. Yeah, forward and away from me, right? So I, so I have to have expansion in that direction, do I not? Mm -hmm. Okay, so for the hip, to get, for the hip and, the, and the pelvis to point in that direction, I have to have expansion in that direction. Agreed? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So that anterior outlet needs to be in what orientation, concentric or eccentric orientation? Eccentric. Awesome. Okay. Do I need to land in a force absorbing position or a force producing position? Absorbing. Awesome. Would that be a, a, a overcome or a yield? Yield. Awesome. So it's eccentric yielding, right? Okay. I hit the ground. Okay. I haven't changed the joint position yet, but I hit the ground. What's going to start to happen to the anterior outlet under that circumstance? Um. <clears throat> It's going to change to overcoming. Yes. So it's going to gradually change towards an overcoming representation, isn't it? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. But again, it's a gradient. You got to see it. You got to see it as it's changing. Okay. I move my center of gravity up over my foot. I got to start increasing the amount of pressure down into the ground. Okay. So that's a higher pressure representation. So I'm going to move. So, so eccentric got me there, but now I got to start pushing down into the ground and I got to capture the IR position of the pelvis. I got to capture more IR going, going down into the ground as my body passes over it. What will happen to the muscular orientation of the anterior outlet on that side? We will move toward concentric. Awesome. Okay. Is the foot still on the ground? Yes. Okay. So it's still moving slower than everything else on, in the body, right? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, am I pushing into the ground harder? Yes. Awesome. Um, the, so we got to talk a little bit about posterior outlet here. Is that okay? Please. So I got this concentrically oriented posterior outlet. It's going to be, it's pushing into the ground harder and harder and harder. So I get this concentric overcoming representation, don't I? Mm -hmm. Okay. But I still got to slow down. Um, I'm in an iron representation of the pelvis. That means my sacrum is going to start to start to nutate, right? Which means that that posterior outlet is going to assume what orientation of the musculature? Eccentric. Awesome. I'm slowing down that side still, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Okay. Posterior outlet is going to look like what then? Eccentric? Yielding. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. My center of gravity passes over the foot. Okay. So I have a reduction in this IR representation, but it's coming up from the ground. So it's, so it's going to be ER from the, from the bottom up. Okay. So as I reach the latest of the later stages where the foot's still on the ground, still pushing in the ground to some degree, but I'm increasing the ER representation. I got the ER that comes up into the pelvis. Okay. So if I got ER going up into the pelvis, what does that anterior outlet look like now? Eccentric overcoming. So what's the problem? A, a, a real quick follow-up. Um, when you see somebody who walks and they have hyperextensor thrust, is that hyperextensor uh, hyper uh, hyper thrust? What is when, that? 
that's when the um, when they're going through mid and the, the knee kind of snaps back really quickly. Uh huh. And, and um, so what is that? Is that them pretty much skipping middle and going straight to late? So um, when you see when you see that knee snap back. Yes. Why do, why would it go in that direction? Because um, the femur, the distal femur is more in IR and the tibia is more in ER. Okay. So what, what is the advantage? What is the advantage? <laughs> Hang on one second. Sorry. That's okay. I'll be right back. I got to let Wonder Mutt out or he's going to like make a mess. I think that was a first, but I had to do that on the call. Um, okay. So hang on. Let me let me talk you through something and see if you can you can arrive at the solution. Okay. All right. So are we talking about like a stroke patient? So I've mostly seen it with stroke patients. Yep. And okay. the other day that's, I that's saw it with yeah, but that, that's typically where you're going to see this. Okay. Yep. All right. So they step forward, right? And they land. And as soon as they start to put force in the ground, knee snaps back, right? Exactly. Okay. Let's just say you got you walking. Mm -hmm. Okay. You put your foot down. You land in an early propulsive representation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does that side that you just put on the ground, if I want to step forward with the other leg, does that side have to slow down? Yes. Awesome. How do you, how do, you do that? Like where do you produce the delay strategy? I guess starting at the, I guess starting at the heel and the, the medial heel like, and the, Okay, so, so you create the delay. It literally goes all the way up through that extremity into your axial skeleton, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. What if, what if I can't do that? Can't produce the delay. So, goes so, what, the what, so what are they actually doing with their knee? They're creating a delay. A very thousand percent. Thousand percent. Right at the knee, because that's the yeah. because they don't have the muscle activity to control absorb the so so exactly. So they can't so how do you produce a downforce when you can't produce a downforce? Like I create this really fast delay, my center of gravity goes over my foot, and then literally the 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 mass of my body will push down into the ground, right? But I have to get here you go, I have to create the delay behind my center of gravity for me to be able to push down into the ground. Otherwise I would collapse. Mm -hmm. Okay. You ever seen that? You ever seen somebody that's described as a swayback? Yes. Looks like their pelvis is like way ahead of their knees. Yep. That's kind of what you're looking at when you've got a stroke patient like that. Okay. 
So they create a delay strategy so they can push down into the ground because they don't have the capacity to pressurize on that side. They can't create this IR representation. They can't create the concentric orientation of the outlet to push into the ground. So what they do is they create a quick delay at the knee, which drops the knee behind the center of gravity. Now their body mass can push down into the ground. That's how they create the downforce when you can't create a downforce. Got it, got it. Okay, so your job is to try to help them find a way, if it's possible, mm -hmm. to create that IR representation. So AFO is kind of your first go-to, right? Okay, so what's an AFO for? What does an AFO do? You're gonna get that, uh, it helps put the foot in a more internal rotation-based yeah. So have you ever seen, an, have, okay, here you go. Here's your question. Have you ever seen an AFO that positions an ankle and a foot into an ER representation? Toes down, heel up? Never. It's no. always, they're always approximating a middle representation, right? Exactly. Because that's the position that you need to push into the ground. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you, and then just try. I can't produce the delay. If I can't produce the delay, if I can't produce the IR force, I got to do it somewhere. Exactly. Okay. Now, let me give you another, for instance, a non-stroke patient. So I just had this, I just had this recently. Um, this was a patient that came in with like years and years of like uh, right SI joint pain. Okay. Guess what? He has the same delay strategy that you just described to me. Now, it's not the, not the magnified lurching that you see that's associated with a stroke patient, but it's the exact same strategy, except he comes in with a, an L5-S1 herniated disc and the expansive strategy in the back of the knee. It's the same problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. But do you, do you see why, like, so they are constructing a strategy to allow them to do what we do normally when we have access to full relative motions. So they have to create a delay just like everybody else does. They have to create a downforce just like everybody else does, but they don't have the, the motor output to do so anymore, right? Or it's a limitation on the motor output. That's why, so they, like, that's why you put the AFO and I'm saying like, okay, so, um, the, the lesion is not going to allow them to capture the IR foot that I need to absorb the, the forces that come up and to deliver the force back into the ground. I'm going to stick your foot in the, in that middle representation where it's going to go. Then you give them a, you give them an assistive device as needed. So either a cane or a walker or something like that. So they can create the middle representation under whatever circumstance that they can you see it. And what that's I, how you decide how to give them an orthotic, so to speak, to allow them to capture these representations. Got it. Got it. And what I've seen is with the AFO and starting with a, just a step two pattern instead of step instead of a step through, uh -huh. they're able uh -huh. to manage that uh, that extensor thrust. And then it, and I've done where. All right. Take it, a little bit bigger step now. Yeah. And just pass your toe with it. Just you know. Right. So why 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 does that reduce the need for that strategy? Because you don't have to get the center of gravity far in front of that affected leg. I don't I don't need the delay as much, do I? If I'm doing a step two versus yeah, a step you don't need two. the delay as much. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah. it. So Got you're it. just 
you're so you're giving them you're you're giving them a a sort of more time so to speak in that early representation right yep right you're reducing the need for them to pass their center of gravity over that foot by doing the step two therefore they don't have to magnify the delay exactly okay got it that clears up a few things thank you thank you bill Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is perfect. Morning, Bill. Great. So, you know, I was thinking about a, a push up, an offset push up, uh-huh. with, uh, either offsetting with the arm or offsetting with the leg. Yep. Um, and I was wondering, you know, would if you were trying to promote say you know a a shift to the left or a left-handed turn uh in those two cases Mm -hmm. so one of them is more of a top i guess a top down you're creating er from the top down with the arm elevated versus the uh, the leg that's being elevated that would be from the bottom up uh a good way of thinking of it uh, reverse your gears for a sec and and let's so here, here you go um do this instead, okay? Mm. Um, offset your hands. Let's mm. just say that you've got left hand elevated. Okay. Okay. So left hand elevated. Um, and if you were gonna try to create the same representation in the, in the uh, pelvis and lower extremity, one of the easiest ways to do that is just pick up your uh, right foot. And you would have you would have the yielding action on the left side in both the upper extremity and the lower extremity. Okay. Yeah, because when you raise your right leg, you're pushing. Yeah. So so essentially, what you're doing essentially what you're doing is you're creating the top down on one side, and then the bottom up on the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. So so the elevated side in the in the upper extremity would be the the delayed representation. So that's going to be a bottom up. So that's going to be hand hand to shoulder, okay? The other side that's that's got the hand on the ground is gonna be shoulder to hand. You see it? So the, the raising up your right leg is shoulder to hand? So, yeah, so it's gonna be hip to, to you're actually, actually creating a late representation by, by elevating that leg. You're actually turning the sacrum um, yeah, towards, the, yeah. towards the support side. So, so again, you're creating the delay strategy all the way down the left side. So that's one of the easier ways to do that if you're gonna okay. do that. Yeah. I, I see that. You see it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so then if I were lifting up just the left leg, then I would be doing the opposite. I would be shifting to, I would be creating a late on the left leg and turning to the right. Yeah, uh, yeah but, but yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you're gonna flip flop the upper extremities as well? Um, well, at first I was just try, thinking, just isolating each, each movement first. So just try okay. thinking about yeah. left, okay. left yeah. handed offset. If you're just talking about if you're just talking about pelvis and lower extremity, then I'm with you. Okay. But but again, if you're if you're the problem is you're gonna run into like, again, if you if you if you don't flip-flop the upper extremities with lower extremity, then you're gonna create a max P. Okay. You're gonna create so, a twist. You're gonna create so, a twist that that is not relative motion. Right. Okay. So then um if I were to, um, you know, so if I were dealing, say, with a, a narrow ISA, 
since their compression happens uh, from the top down. Then orientation from the top down. Okay. But the, the don't confuse, don't confuse, don't confuse. The orientation is from the top down. Okay. The compression still follows the same sequence that it always has. Okay. The compensatory, the compensatory strategies associated with the superficial muscle compression is, is the same sequence. The top down is the orientation. So that so if, if, when we're talking about orient, like an anti-orientation of the pelvis, okay? Mm -hmm. There's goes L2, L, or L1, L2, L3, L4, L5, okay? And then the Y would go uh, pelvis L5, L4, L3, L2, L1. That's mm -hmm. the orientation. It's not the compression, okay? Disorder. Right, okay, yeah. I, I don't want to confuse, I don't want to confuse the compensatory strategies of the superficial musculature with the orientation. That's, that's basically why I'm saying that, okay? Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so given that the, um, that the orientation is top down, uh -huh. would I want to, uh, do, do the offset so that the ER, so the, I guess the ER would be from the bottom up in the, in that case for the, for the narrow to help, you know, uh, offset the superficial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of like this. It's like the same thing that we're we're talking about, though, right? I hope so. No, that, that's what I'm trying to figure. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. No, you're on it. You're on it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, let so here you go. Let's let's really simplify this um, from a representation standpoint. Narrow ISA only forward on the left. Like one of the simplest things to do is to do the literally the exact push up that we we're just talking about before, right? So you do left hand elevated, right foot elevated, done, right? You just you just moved them back into their their uh, foundational representation on the left side. Okay. Does that now, make sense? Yeah. Okay. Now, alternatively, I could instead of just elevating the leg, what if I um, what if I brought the left knee to my chest so that I'm in. And like a, like a representation a, on the left leg. Uh huh. With uh -huh. that, so uh -huh. that will create potentially, create potentially, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's like, like yeah, you're like you're 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 trying to create you're trying to create the delay strategy on the left side under the circumstance that we're discussing. So yeah, you could do that. So I, I so I guess you know my my thing is so there's there are these multiple strategies and I'm, oh yeah and and I'm so I'm I'm trying to just sort them out in my mind as to like. You know, is it just a matter of experimentation or, you know, no, it's a matter of principle. Okay. Well, I'm trying, yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to reconcile those three movements. Yeah. Well, oh, but, but that's okay. No, it's like, like, so again, process is great. So you understand the principle. So the principle is create the delay strategy on the left side relative to the right side. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the problem that you'll, that the problem you may run into. Um, so let's take the difference between those two push-ups. So you've got you've got a left foot on the ground, okay, right foot up, which turns this, which will turn the sacrum, okay, right, into a it's a late representation on the left side, early representation on on the on the left late representation on the right side, early representation on the left side, relatively speaking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Same thing in the upper extremity, but through the elevation. Okay. Awesome. So we love that because that that fits the 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 um, the desired outcome. Okay. Now 
let's do what you just did. So we're going to elevate the left hand just like we did before. Okay. And now you're going to bring left knee to chest. Okay. What's the concern? That you might orient. Ah, yes. Because so think about what you just did. You took away a point of contact, mm -hmm. right? On this, on the side that you're trying to delay. Okay. And so if I bring, if I bring the, the knee up, okay. And I take away the contact on the side that I'm trying to create the delay on. Okay. That, that potentially becomes more difficult for me to actually hold on to that strategy. So, so, you know, if, if we're starting somebody out, um, I would probably want to keep that foot in contact with the ground and just raise the, the opposite leg into the late representation. Mm -hmm. A little bit easier for me to hang on to the strategy that I'm trying to, trying to utilize. Mm -hmm. To challenge that strategy, like so once, so, so, let's say once they've evolved that, now I'm going to pick that knee up and I'm going to, I'm going to say, okay, I need you to be able to turn into a late representation on the other side on the ground. So now they're actually pushing off the ground with the, the right side to create the, the late strategy, right? So it's a little bit more effortful, okay? Right, you understand? Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a little bit more effortful to hang on to the, the left side delay because it's gonna be really easy for me to push off that right foot and just orient everything into the a left facing direction, mm -hmm. but not the delay strategy. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So principle, very solid. Execution, there's the challenge. Mm -hmm. And and that's where the that's where the experiment takes place. So you're you're executing based on principle, and then you see what happens to determine what the best strategy for you in regards to the actual execution of the exercise is going to be. Okay. Good morning, happy Friday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, man, busy Friday. Um, we're gonna dig straight into today's Q&A. This is with Matt. Matt asked some great foundational questions here. Matt's a, a, an accomplished strength, strength coach. Doesn't lay people on the table to do table tests. So he's looking for ways to confirm suspicions in regards to right oblique orientations uh, of the pelvis. For those of you that are new to the game, a right oblique orientation is typically gonna be your wide ISA representation. So we're gonna start with our IR representation of the pelvis. And what we're gonna see is we're gonna see a, a left side elevation of that, of that center of gravity, which is gonna tip everything on that right oblique axis. The, the big tail for you there is the loss of external rotation on the right hip relative to the left. That's going to be one of your more common, common findings. But we're also going to see representations of this in the gym. And so we talked Matt through a series of, of activities. So we actually went squat and I believe deadlift and even a bench press in these representations to give you some clues as to what you're actually looking at. We can also tell how far forward the center of gravity is based on, on um, certain aspects. And I think we mentioned the, the foot orientation in this case. So this is gonna be a pretty decent video for a lot of people that don't spend time throwing people down on the table and doing table tests. And they're not in a rehab situation, they're more in the fitness realm. So thank you, Matt, for this question. Uh, the podcast will be up on Sunday 
as usual, everybody have an outstanding weekend. I'll see you next week. So my original question is just in respect to uh, right oblique pelvis representations. And um, I've been trying to think about how I can uh, look across the gym and start to get a, a little bit of a triage system where I can see people who are on, you know, some of the rudimentary activities that we might do daily in the gym and then start to look at that as a means to diagnose or as a starting point to diagnose some of these orientations. Uh-huh. And so I thought grouping some stuff into right oblique and I just wanted to run a few things past you and see whether you think I'm on the right track and whether there's any some other things that might be uh, might be pertinent to helping out with that. So sure. I'm looking at w- one of them that I that uh, that I've seen is is obviously a right shift in a, a right shift in a squat would be one a right yeah. bar like the bar if you if you're viewing a back squat from the back we would see talking sagittal plane we would see the bar tilted to the right hand side but it's likely to be slightly forward on the right as well. Um, when you say slightly forward, what's forward? Sorry. Uh, so like rotating slightly. So down, uh, imagine like pump handle down right side. So bar sort of coming down and, and leaning a, a shade over to the right. For oh, like, potentially, sure. So yeah. um, look at it from this perspective. <clears throat> when you think about the right, ob- like how the right oblique evolves. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're starting with a wide ISA, okay? Center of gravity is low. As they, as they move to control internal forces relative to external, the, the left side of the pelvis goes up, okay? So if I had a bar on my shoulders, that side would go up. The other side would go down, relatively speaking. Yep. That's kind of the description that you just gave me. Am I correct? Yes. There you go. Yeah. So in in saying that, I've I might circle back to that. Okay. So um, on a deadlift, I have a guy that I'm pretty sure is on a right oblique, and I'm seeing the bar rotate away from him on the right side as it gets heavy. So starts to pull from the floor, starts to drift away from him on the right side. Okay. Is the bar drifting away from him, or is he moving away from the bar? That's a good question. Uh, it, it is the question, my friend. Do you think yeah, that, okay. okay, which direction is gravity working on this on this barbell? Yeah, so do you think he's actually pushing the barbell away from his center of gravity? Wouldn't that be kind of difficult to do? Probably, yeah. So yeah, he's changing point. his orientation relative to the weight, right? Yeah. So if it's moving away from him, that's him moving away from the load correct? He's moving away from the load on the right side, which would mean the right side's coming back. So it's kind of like the right, the right shift on a squat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. So I think you're accurate. All right. Um, other, other things that I might look at, and these are the uh, foot contacts on the right side, not getting the first uh, medial, medial foot contacts on the right side, having difficulty with those in pretty much any of the any of the positions, whether it be a split squat or a, a, a squat or a what, whatnot. Okay, um, why, why, why would you lose those? Because that's important to understand. 
why would you lose those? Because you can't get sufficient internal rotation to okay. get that first med head down. Think about this for a sec. Okay. So, so we've got, we've got two moves to account for, right? They're going to move on the oblique first, and then they're going to go forward. Fair? Yep. Okay. As they move on the oblique, and we're, we're going to talk about the right side. We're going to talk about like the right, right side of the pelvis, right hip, right lower extremity. Okay. As they move on the right oblique, what, what are they going to lose the most on the right side first? As they move over there, they're going to lose ER on the right side. They're going to lose what? I'm sorry. They're going to lose ER initially. Yes, sir. So they're going to lose extra rotation on the right side. Would they still have medial foot contact? The external rotation, yeah, they should have medial foot contact. Okay, cool. As they go forward, what are they going to lose? Well, they're going to lose. They they're going to lose uh, IR as they go forward. Awesome. What would happen to my medial foot contacts under that circumstance? Well, then they're going to they're going to have difficulty reacquiring it because they're going to be pushed over. Go. So here's the yeah. cool thing. So you look across the gym. You see your you see your deadlift guy um, moving away from the bar. You go, oh, he's right oblique, and then you're looking at his foot contacts, and he doesn't have medial foot contacts. So where do you think he is in this process? Is he like in this early phase of of the right oblique, or is he going to be showing up in a later representation where he's getting pushed forward? He's going to be light. There you go. Did you have to lay him on the table to figure that one out? No. No, but you understand the representations because you know where he's losing under the circumstance. So now you can you can be even more clear as to what your next strategy will be if you're trying to restore relative motions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You get definitely. it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I wonder how would that represent in? I was just trying to think about how that might represent in something like a bench press. So if we could we could see like. A, you know, a, a, a leg, uh, let's say he's externally rotating his femurs further out on one side to try and acquire a position where he can get medial foot contact. I don't know whether that would be a valid, a, a, a valid uh, uh, view, you know, something to look at. And I'm trying to figure out what might be happening in the upper body in respect to that. Okay. You know, it, so let's go back to the pelvis thing for a second. Okay. Okay. Yep. First move on the right oblique. You start with a low center of gravity. You're going to move to a higher center of gravity, right? What direction is the left side going to go? Up. Awesome. What would that look like in a bench press? You ever spot anybody on a bench press in your, your entire career? Yeah. Okay. Um, take a, take a, a kid fairly new to uh, strength training. Good sized kid though, okay? You're spotting him. He's got, uh, let's see, what, I, I'm trying to do this in kilograms. Uh, what is it be, 66? 60, 60 kilograms, 60 kilograms, okay? okay. 220s on a bar, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, there you go. See, uh, that, that, that was a tough conversion for me because I'm an American and we, don't, we avoid the metric system whenever possible. Um, so, what, what, what is his shoulder girdle representation going to look like 
as he's about to perform the final rep of a set where he is taking it to a high level of fatigue? He's probably going to shrug the crap out of me. Okay, which side? Um, left side. Yeah, so it's going to look like that. Yeah. Because that's the right oblique, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. now if I do that, if I do this, which scapula is compressing harder against the thorax? When you shrug it, the I'd say that the the right side scap's going to be compressing against the thorax. Left side elevation um, elevation is is AP compression, right? Okay. Okay. So the left side left scap's going to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be the kid. So he's doing his last rep and he does this and he's going to start to do that. See it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's my oblique. I'm right there. Raw. Okay. Okay. So this elbow is going to start to drift in. This elbow is going to start to drift out. You've seen that a million times, right? Yeah. Left yeah. side of the back is going to come off the bench. Pelvis is going to start tipping in a right oblique. Now you get to look at his his hips, his knees, and his feet for the orientation, right? Okay. Okay. So with that, with that right, with that right oblique, where he's got the, he's got that left side, and he's he's shrugging up as you as you've indicated there. That's going to be in, indicative that he's he's lost. I'm trying to equate this to the hip orientation. So he's lost his he's, he's preserved his ER initially, but lost it, uh, lost it as he's gone further into the representation, and then lost. Uh, some degree of IR with it or not, not really, but. So, so all of those, all of those left side strategies are, I, sorry, all of those left-sided strategies are IR substitutions, aren't they? Because they're all orientations. Yeah. Yeah. So he's turning this way. Okay. That means his ER space goes out there. Okay. So he's already losing it over here. So he's turning this shoulder into an ER space that he can access. He's turning this shoulder into an ER space that he can access. So he's on he's on this orientation. Okay. Yeah. He's got to create an IR. There's an IR there, right? Still has IR over here for the time being. Yeah. For yeah. the time being, right? But he's gonna you're gonna start to see the IR substitution show up first on the left side, aren't you? That's where you get all the, like the twisty and the arches, and you see the one kid picks up a foot. Right, yeah. you've seen all of these, all these, all these compensations, but you're just going to see this like whatever they lose in the process, you will see a compensatory strategy if they continue to try to execute. Awesome, yeah, all right, Does that makes sense. Good, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. I, no, I and again, picture. they're just telling you, they're just telling you by strategy. Okay, I lost this space. I got to create one. Um, I lost the ability to internally rotate. I got to create one. And so you're just okay. going to see this progressive increasing. And you'll see it in a squat. And you'll see it in, like, anytime you take somebody that's, clo that, that's closer to fatigue, right? You just understand that they're compressing more. They start to lose ER space, right? If they start to lose ER space, they don't have any space to superimpose the IR on. So now they, they still put force down into the ground. And so then that's where you get the orientations. Okay. Very good. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. Okay. Mm -hmm.